Old Gold Club. Powered by Blythe Group. With Mikey Burrows and Chris Iwalumo. So hello there. Uh, welcome to the Old Gold Club. I'm Mikey Burrows. Uh, Chris Owellamo. He is here, but he's been messing up the desk and stuff. So he's no, trying to clean. Just me a coffee and messed the cup. So I didn't miss the cup. Well, I, I, I got it wiped? in. You just, just knocked it. it. What have I just wiped? You've just knocked it because you knocked the coffee. I knocked it. You knocked it over. I didn't. I didn't mess up the table. Can I just ask them? Did you pour me a cup of coffee and my cup was there? I, I did. Yeah. So I've not. So I picked in the cup up with the handle. Have a drink. I've not knocked it. I've not Just because you spilled it, spilled. don't blame spilled. it on me. Oh, it was in a circle of the actual the the coffee pot. This is absolute lies. You're a joke, mate. This is lies. Sort yourself out. You sit on a throne of lies. Come on, <laughs> let's not go there. Um, hello, Jerry and Lescott, by the way. <laughs> Good morning. Morning. Well, welcome to the world. I know, yeah. That we get into. Have you have you seen a lot of these? Seen a few. I've seen a TC one, obviously. Yeah, yeah. He talked a lot about you, didn't he? Yeah, that's my guy. That. That's my guy, TC. So. <laughs> was he was he as hard on you as oh as he... my god! I, again, we were talking before. Like, I only wish he told me why before I knew I realized yeah. why, because I just think we would have had a better relationship earlier. Even though our relationship's great, but at the at, like literally, I just couldn't understand why he was digging me out. I could, I thought this guy. Like, why is he on my case? I'm going home complaining, saying I'm like potentially being bullied. Like, does no, no, no joke. One stage, I thought he might be racist. He might be racist, yeah. and people that don't know, TC's black. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, <laughs> this guy's picking up me. Why is it always me? And he used to call me the chancer. He knew I hated it. He used to say, You always take a chance. You're going to give a striker a chance. And he knew I hated it. But he used to call me, even when I would, if I did well, and it used to wind me up. But then obviously, he explained. Why? See, that's the genius, though, isn't it? Of like yeah. knowing your character. Yeah, he, he kind of said, "I oh, know I'm not going to be able to kind of break you, so I'm just going to push you to your limit." See, this is the thing, and this is I've spoken about this on on quite a few media outlets, and it's preparation of a player. Yeah. Now, nothing prepares you to walk out in front of thousands and be loved by half the fans and hated by the other half, mm. and the abuse that you're going to yeah. get. But having that schooling, having <laughs> That, that it toughens you up, doesn't oh, it? Oh yeah. I, I can't even repeat some of the things that I had to do when, because I never done. I finished yeah. my schooling. I went straight into a professional contract, and uh, I got put in the boot room for yeah. a year. But the things that used to go on, yeah. Oh, he, but he's told stories of getting yeah. beaten up. Not, not, not beaten up. But I'm I mean, just saying, fights. Uh, like the manager, like the, the manager, and the assistant manager would come in the boot room on a Friday because you do all your jobs and yeah. all that. They'd walk around with a white glove and all that. But they come in and they say, "This is the only time." anything goes the door gets locked and the light goes off and you're in there with their manager and, and you you must have been backing you're, yourself you're then fight, though you're fighting for your life you're now, fighting. to be fair I, I don't think there's any managers that I would that you would back back down from I would never back down from any no, but, manager but I wouldn't any managers I'd want like Colin Lee I'm not trying to do that with Colin Lee giving my debut you know what I mean so youth team manager Chris Ever uh, Chris Turner Keith Downing Again, I wouldn't what that. I wouldn't want to go and Keith Downing. In a nah, Keith Downing can do, used to be able to do a bit. To yeah, be fair, yeah. but it, there's some managers. Yeah, but my, my original point is that 
the way that TC was so hard on you, oh, it, my God. and you came in and you you know you still you thought I've got I'm gonna prove him wrong every day. I'm I'm gonna take it. I'm he's not gonna break me. But but, but all of a sudden then you then find yourself in the first yeah. team dressing room. Yeah, and it was a respect thing though. It wasn't just like out of spite because I wasn't doing. I'm not. I never did it for anyone else, barring myself anyway. But I had a massive respect for him, and uh, it was like. He used to make me do the extra and then got into the first team. And he kind of realised, I can't make him do it anymore, but I'm going to ask him to do it. So he used to come to me and say, have you done so-and-so? And out of respect, I couldn't lie. If I hadn't done it, I'd just have to go and do it. I'd just have to go and do my extra work. And even if it was on my own, like he, he had this thing of, which I still do now, weirdly. He said, if you're doing reps and that and you lose count, do one extra. Yeah, I was just thinking the exact same thing. I did it yesterday. And I'll just still do it now. And I'm just like, oh my God, let it go. I'm still trying to let it go. I can't. (laughs) He's installed that in me. But it's crazy though, because I say, I was literally just thinking about that because he he said that a lot on his episodes. Uh And every time now, I mean, I know it doesn't look it, but I do go to the gym. (laughs) Um, Every time now, that flashes in my mind. It's crazy how like certain things get through And that was like, so I'm doing that from 18. And it was like, yep, one extra. And then, so I'm, then all of a sudden you're concentrating, so you're not doing, and then you start, you used to do it weirdly where you're doing six of six on each side. So if you lose count then, all of a sudden it's, you got to do one extra, but you don't want to do 13. So now I've got to do two extra. And I was like, oh my yes. God. So all of a sudden I'm doing sets of eight just so I can avoid 13 and that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Can I ask you then, did you know how good you were? No. No, truthfully, it's one of them because it's, it's like you, you have a swagger about you. You know what I mean? You you walk in there and you've got a presence. And I know what you've achieved, what yeah. you've done. But listening to TC and, and other players, because you've come up quite a few times on a few of them. Yeah. You walking in at that age, you you know you've got something about you, don't you? I, I see, I didn't. Because, I, do you know why I, I say that? Because I, it wasn't looked at it the way it's looked at now. I think if the perception of football and footballers now, the lifestyle, you can see, like, you know, back in the day, you didn't know what cars people drove, how much people earned. Yeah. It, it was just play football. It wasn't a case of, oh, this is all the glitz and the glamour. It was just to play football. But in regards of, did I believe I could play football? Yeah, because I, I seen things simple. I didn't try and complicate the method. If someone told me to do that, I'm thinking, well, yeah, that works or it doesn't yeah. work. And I watched loads of football to think, well, if he's doing that and he doesn't work, I'm not going to try that kind of thing. So I didn't really think, oh, yeah, I'm going to, be that I had the career I had kind of thing there. It's weird. It's interesting, yeah. And the group of players as well, when you come in and that, that youth team. Yeah, the, the, again, youth team was good. Like, I was probably one of the first to do, like, the day release thing. Like, my last year of school, I used to come in every Friday and train with the youth team and then play on a Saturday. And obviously then, there was no social media, so I didn't couldn't keep in contact with anyone. It was just coming in they were like, oh, there's this a schoolboy coming in to play with the youth team. And obviously I was playing it like ahead of second year scholars and yeah. the YTSs. And I was just like, I was just, okay, let's go and play and stuff like that. And I've obviously the club seen the potential, but to me, I was just playing football. I just love to play football. We're going to come back to this in yeah. our main show of your time. No um, there is something that uh, I do want to bring up with you before we get into the main show, because I found it on my computer the other day and it made me laugh a lot. And you're referenced in it. Um, our Lee Naylor episode oh, nails. <laughs> featured, um, featured quite a big rant 
from Chris Wellamo on the Messi v Ronaldo debate. Ooh. It was a big part of our season one. And can um, I just hang on? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, no, I need to interrupt because the smile on your face <laughs> looks like you already know what the answer is going to be here. No, so is that something you've spoken about before? No, any? no, oh, no, no, yeah. no, I've never spoken to Jolene about this. Yeah. Can I just say that Lee Naylor did agree with me anyway? No, he didn't. It, yeah, there's obviously it's one of you is going to be lying. There's footage, so <laughs> we're, yeah, we've got we've got the audio, yeah. Uh, in get fact, that, can you get that off his Josh? In fact, here's the audio. Well, that's not the question, is yeah, it, Neil? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't dodge your question, mate. I mean, yeah, the oh, original Ronaldo was some player. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, what's, he's what's the best it, ever for me. Josh, Yanni, views on that? It's it, a difficult one. I can't, I can't decide. Oh, Messi as well. Josh, you're not in... Honestly. It depends what the question is. Who's the best? Well, like, naturally. <laughs> no, no, I'm not talking about naturally. I'm saying who's the best. Who's, who's went and done... Who's the best player? The two. Messy for me. Well, what do you mean? He's, so he's just, he's, he's on, ah, it's bollocks, it's absolute bollocks. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that, you can bleep that out. It's bollocks. Ronaldo's done it internationally, he's We're done not it bleeping in the Premier League, he's done We're it. not bleeping this, we're not cutting this, this I'll is staying what, in. I just, I'm just not, you're, in, this you, is bizarre, you know, how, how are we talking, is it natural? Yeah, Messi's a naturally better talent. Ronaldo is... You say natural, he's but he's had, he's had in, uh, enhancements, has he not? Oh no, but Ronaldo's worked, he's, he's trained, he's, 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 you know what I mean, he's... He's, he's worked, done it. He's, he's worked delivered. hard for it. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Messi's not even done it for Argentina. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Calm, calm down. No, it's bollocks, man. No, 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 this, this is a big debate, man. No, 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 no. You're always laughing at the back, man. Where's my coffee? No, no, no. I'm allowed to swear because I'm going to swear. I don't even swear, man. We're going to settle it. We're going to settle it. We're going to settle it. The man who's played against them both. You got them on the phone. You got the numbers in your nails. Give them a shout, will you? Ask them, ask them, ask them, What's going on? It's a difficult one for me. I'm Josh. No, we're talking about natural. Come on. No, because uh, you got you got every you know talking point in. Ronaldo has done it here, there, and everywhere. He's done it on the international stage as well. Yeah, yeah, we know the arguments now. We know the arguments, my friend. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's time so to, difficult. Time to pin your colours to the mast here. <coughs> well, no, I can't. I, <laughs> I see it, like, we have a group text, right? Like, um, so, like, John Stewart, uh, Joel and Lescott, all, all our boys, and we have a... This, this is, like, a literally day-to-day <laughs> argument <laughs> of CR7 and Messi. Like, literally, there's thousands and thousands of texts. Ronaldo all... Day long. Well, yeah. Well, Jordan's got Ronaldo, and everyone else is saying Messi just got yeah, Messi plus goals, any La Liga. Yeah, Ronaldo. I'm I'm a big Ronaldo fan, but I'm a big Messi okay. Fan. Who was <laughs> who was harder to play against? Messi doesn't mean that Ronaldo. Ronaldo, you know what? Ronaldo's six two, six three. By the way, have you seen the guy? He's an absolute machine. And you know what I mean? Exactly. He's got all the physical attributes that help him, whereas Messi didn't. And Messi, Messi was enhanced, fellow. He took like, growth things. You know what I mean? He's enhanced. <laughs> it's not natural. Natural. That's what you're saying. <laughs> so, Lee Naylor played against both Ronaldo and Messi. Yeah. You must have played against both. Mm. In fact, I definitely know you played against Messi because I've just looked it up. Yeah, yeah. Played against both, yeah. So, who was better? Different, the uh, better against me was Messi. Um, in regards to who do I think is better, I would say 
Messi has more natural ability. Not Na- Messi has more natural ability. <laughs> but if I was creating someone or would want someone to watch an individual, I would like. Have you seen Ronaldo's film? No, documentary no. I was so gutted that he didn't show how dedicated he was to his craft and the work he does to be the best he can be like I watch it with my kids and I'm like I'll come back thinking they're just going to think he's just able to do that stuff they're not going to know he gets in lands at 2 o'clock in the morning goes and does recovery sessions gets in early I'm thinking that's the stuff I need them to see and people need to see but I, I mainly I say Messi my two best mates are Ronaldo <laughs> <laughs> so we just go back and forth out of that but yeah if uh, there's not a wrong choice is there there's not a wrong choice well there is and Chris Wallow chose it so he chose yeah, yeah but how is he how is he I'm, wrong how is he wrong in saying because Ren- Messi Ren- is the GOAT see this is this, yeah, what, yeah, Ronaldo yeah. is still brilliant still no, absolutely no, no, brilliant no, brilliant no, My, no, no Ren- there's a lot of good brilliant players alright all right, sensational yeah but Messi is the level above you think Messi's the best of all time yeah Nah, so R nine's the best of all time. Yeah, he's the I greatest. Mean, I, I agree with that. The greatest but, player. Yeah, but like longevity. To... Yeah, but the medicine and supplements and all that stuff plays a part now. And he was playing in the era where it was the best defenders. Okay, so is the is the original Ronaldo as good as Pele then? Yeah, he's he's the best of ever to grace the turf. Well, I don't know about that. It, for me, yeah, this, this is because this is controversial. I, if, if, I thought if, you were on my if team. If we're saying, yeah, he's not on your side, making, but the, the, the justification of Ronaldo being the best for me is he's done it internationally. He's done it in yeah, so yeah. many leagues, and he 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 genuinely has put the work in. He's the first one. They're yeah, the last yeah, one. I'm yeah, sure yeah. Messi you know, works hard. Yeah, no, no, Messi course, works hard. Works Messi hard. works hard. Of course, he works hard. The only argument there looms with with the saying he's done it in different leagues. Ronaldo was at Real Madrid. He wouldn't have left if they wanted to re-sign him. He wouldn't have left. He didn't leave because he wanted to go and test himself. No, but he did leave. To, and he's went to Juventus. Yes, and but that's what I'm saying. up there again at 34, 35 year old. Yeah, but Barcelona have never wanted to get to rid, of, rid Messi. of Messi. Yeah, Messi he, comes to the Premier League. I don't think he has the impact that Ronaldo has in the Premier League. At the time, at the age. Whatever age. What age was Ronaldo prime in the Premier League? 27? I think he scored 51 goals in one season. In the 42, 42. Not yeah, Premier League goals. All, all nah, 42, all, all. 42. He was 42. 42. He was a high number. It was high. But in regards to Ronaldo, so that was he was 25, 26. You say Messi couldn't have done them numbers at 25, 26 in the I, best team in the league. Well, you're saying the best team. So you look at, you look at like at that time, probably Arsenal, uh, Man, Man City. Yeah, Man, Man United don't play that way. Man, Messi doesn't come into a Man United philosophy. Messi doesn't come in. I know he's a world-class player, but he doesn't come in. I know you're shaking it. Think about it. You look at, you look at the way that Barcelona play, right? You can put Ronaldo in any any team in the world. Oh yeah, yeah, no, Arsenal no, no. Arsenal play a certain way. Arsenal were probably in that time what, when Messi was at his. Well, you see his peak, buddy. He's yeah, not. He's yeah. not dipped. No, no, yeah. But Arsenal probably played with that. No, Man City play with that. Liverpool don't even play that way. No, hundred percent. So Messi no, couldn't come into our Liverpool side. He can come into a Man Ronaldo's City. Ronaldo's more play. versatile. Of course, he's. This is what we're talking about. He's the best. He's the best Ronaldo. He, he, he scores goals. He changes game internationally. No, Messi's not done. No, no, Messi's no. not done it internationally. <sighs> Ronaldo's Ronaldo's done yeah, it. Ronaldo United. didn't win the Euros. He, did, he didn't play he was, in the final. He, he managed. He, so, he managed. So, the team. <laughs> he stood sideline managing the team because Messi, he leads by example. You know that's that's what he does. He got the team there. Yeah, but that that team, I arguably would say. Was Argentina poor then? They're not. They're, they're not as good as I don't say they're as as good yeah, as yeah, exactly. Portugal. And All their best players play in the same position. 
Aguero, Messi, Higuain, Di Maria, Dybala. They're all the same. They can't all fit in the team anyway. So, like, name me the Argentinian back four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Gabriel Heinze. You know what I mean? What, so, yeah. He was smash like, me, that smash be a good one as well. Heinze. Yeah. Yeah. No, we obviously top players, but in terms of... <clears throat> Mascherano... Zabaleta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they've got, but he didn't play. Zaba didn't play for no. some reason. He didn't really play that much. It was mad. But nah, there's not a wrong debate in terms of, yeah, if I'm creating someone, I'm creating Ronaldo. Because I just think, you, again, you are more capable of doing See, more things in, them, in, yeah, in different teams. Because not everyone's going to be play for Barcelona or be in the best team. So if you need someone to be versatile. Yeah, but effectively, Ronaldo, what, what Jolien said here is that it goes. Original Ronaldo, yeah. then Messi, Messi yeah. then Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, that would be my... I love how we've drawn you into this as well, by the way. Yeah. Ah, because you, what you think, everyone doesn't speak about this. The stats that are in the group chat, like these are known facts. Like Ronaldo's done his thing, but Messi has what, 50 goals for the last 10 years. Yeah. So that's, you, I can't even do that on FIFA. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't do them things. They're not real. So, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, um, unbelievable. By the way, the most goals that Ronaldo scored in a Premier League season was thirty-four. Thirty-four, so forty-two yeah. on forty-two all, all comps. It must be. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's still a phenomenal record. Um, but has actually, anyone no, done that since then? No one's done that since. Thirty-one that. was his top Premier League return um, in thirty-four games, which is still unbelievable. Um, Salah's Salah fell short, didn't he? Salah was going to do it, wasn't he? He was going to break, break the record, then he fell Harry short Kane. two yeah. seasons ago, didn't he? Harry Kane, thirty year. Harry Kane's got. Yeah, he's, he's up there. Nah, Harry Kane's top goal scorer. Because actually, before we move on from talking about random footballers that aren't involved with Wolves, um, Sergio Aguero, <sighs> like, because this will be the next debate. Because people are saying, is he the best foreign player that's ever played in the Premier League? He's got the most goals from any. See, this player. is where I differate player to footballer like when people ask me the best player I play with to the best footballer I played with it's two different answers like some say the best footballer David Silva hands down David Silva like ridiculous with the best player I would say Yaya Torre because oh, if yeah. if he played well we won Yeah, there was no ifs or buts like Sergio and say David and stuff like that David Silva could be unreal but we could lose because the other side of the game, we might let him down. Where Yaya Toy didn't allow that to happen, he would control the whole game. You know what I mean? So that's where you kind of, I kind of say, player to footballer is different thing. Like Sergio, the best foreign footballer, best arguably goal scorer. Then yeah, definitely. He's, he's proved that's a fact. That's not even a debate. But yeah. the best player, would, you would have to say, kind of Armri. Like the season, what did he get? Like 30, 20, 20 something goals and 25 assists. That's high numbers that in the same season. So when people are talking about breaking that assist record now, I'm like, he scored 25 goals that same season. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a big difference as well on top of that, you know what I mean? So I think people need to understand the difference between footballer and player. No, that's a good point. Very yeah. good point. It's interesting though, isn't it? And it's like, it's. Uh, this is why like, I'm fascinated by that kind of Messi-Ronaldo thing when we were talking with Lee Naylor because like, obviously we'll focus on Wolves when we get into the main show but your career went to unbelievable levels and you've been involved at unbelievable teams and players yeah. than kind of 
with all due respect, a lot of the people that kind of come in here, because a lot of the people that come in here as well, their careers went down. Looms always talks about it, of like, you know, the regret at leaving. Yeah. Whereas you're one of the few that went miles up after. Yeah, but obviously the club is at a different stage than it is now. you got to think like... If players are leaving now, that, that it might not go to the heights because the club's at a higher stature anyway. But in regards to the, the timing of it, yeah, um, I'm not sure how you or the, the fans view Jez at the time, Jez Moxie. He was great for me. He was like, promise me, do this, do that, and we'll allow that this to happen. So kind of give me one more year to get promoted. And if it doesn't happen, then we'll look to sell you. And he's a man to his word, so... That's interesting because yeah. a lot of a lot of people have an opinion. I know that, that and I know that's kind yeah. of why I wanted to put it out there because no, I I don't like you take people how they deal with you, don't know. Yeah. And he was he was great for me. So I have to agree. Yeah. You know, Jez signed me at Stoke City. He then yeah. signed me here. Yeah. Wolves and you know what I mean. He even employed me here. You yeah. know what I mean. He's, <laughs> I think he's he's he, he was he was excellent for me. Yeah. I think one of the funny stories was uh, when I, I signed at, at Burnley. And uh, I remember it was uh, Brendan, is it Brendan Flood, I think it is. Uh, and they had a chat. It was about my signing on fee. So the, the fee had went, they paid the money, and it was over the phone. So yeah. I think it was, I think I got 50 grand a year or something it was. And Brendan called him and says, Oh, what's the signing on fee? And Jess went, Oh, I think, I think it's 100 grand a year. So Burnley just gave me 100 grand a year on that phone call. <laughs> Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. It's mad, <laughs> yeah. But he just helped you out. He did the same, similar, similar to me. Like when we were negotiating my first. Like first team contracts because I was playing my first contract was like playing on like my young apprentice money so it was like two hundred and fifty quid so it was coming to the first deal and was unsure about agents at the time so my mum was involved in that and so my mum Jez and your mum was your agent not really no she, but she obviously wants the best for me and whatever numbers we were talking about were far greater than what my parents had earned so five hundred quid was a lot of money to us you know what I mean yeah. so. Um, so he just said, like, we can do this. We don't kind of need your agent. They're going to get a lump sum of money that you can take. Um, so my mum, so we kind of like encouraged us to kind of understand and be aware of the situation to, to prevent yeah. what. And he wasn't saying, well, we'll give you less money than the agency fee. We'll give you the same amount same of money, but yeah. it goes to you instead of the agents. So as I said, I had a good relationship with Jez. He never kind of lied to me or tried to pull the wool over my eyes in any situation. No, the one thing I've always said about Jez, because he is a bit of a villain to some people. Yeah, of course. You know, but who I, isn't? Well, <laughs> who isn't yeah. a bit of a villain to some people? When you get into those positions, he he did the job he was asked to do by the people who owned the club at whatever stage he was there. Yeah. And I did his farewell interview, and there was genuine emotion from him. He sat in his car overlooking the training ground on the day, his last day, for a long time, yeah. like emotion building up in him. And we eventually got him out and got him to sit there with training ground behind him that wasn't there. Yeah, well, when, yeah I know. Started, yeah. yeah, Portal cabins and that. Yeah. Well, before the portal cabins, we used to get changed the stadium and have to yeah. drive down. Pretend I couldn't drive so my car <laughs> wouldn't get dirty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he, you know, he genuinely felt it. And yeah, that's no. the thing I would say. Yeah. He genuinely cared. Yeah, at first he probably did come in to do a job and, and serve a purpose for whatever that was. And then, like anything, anyone, once you spend so much time at one place, you get attached emotionally, whether you like it or not. Yeah. So it then becomes more, more genuine, should I say. Right, 
Um, we have got loads more that we're going to get into with Jolie and Lescott. Uh, don't forget, everybody, that you can always get in touch with us, oldgoldclub at wolves.co.uk, especially if you want to continue the debate on Messi, Ronaldo, or now that Jolien's thrown in the original Ronaldo R9. into this, uh, maybe that's going to take over from there. Um, and anything else you want us to talk about on this part of the podcast, always happy to get your suggestions and everything else there as well. Um, big thank you to our backers this year, the Blythe Group. We're going to hear from them. And then we'll be into the show. This season, the Old Gold Club and Wolves TV Match Day Live are powered by Blythe Group. An industry-leading construction company and family-run business since 1982, driving investment and infrastructure across the UK. Blythe Group's mission is to provide an unrivaled service based on innovative, bespoke building solutions and comprehensive customer support. If you're a skilled tradesperson and you want to join the team that powers our team, contact their bases in Wolverhampton, Manchester or Maidenhead via theblythegroup.co.uk. Blythe Group. Big enough to deliver, small enough to care. Match days at Molyneux are always special. Ruben Neves to strike it! Ruben Neves! Ruben Neves! Ruben Neves! With an unbelievable hit! And now you can make a real day of it with the new official Wolves Fan Zone. Kick off every home Premier League match with big screen entertainment, games, visits from former players and even a licensed bar on the Wanderer car park. Welcome along to the Old Gold Club. I'm Mikey Burrows. Alongside me, as ever, is Chris Awellamo. And we're joined on this episode by a man who made 235 appearances over six years, putting him joint 55th on the all-time appearance list. He also scored 13 goals as well, by the way. Welcome to the Old Gold Club, Jolian Patrick Lescott. Thank you. Morning. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. Uh, I you're one of those people I've been trying to get on for a long time. I've been yeah. pestering you for a lot. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, it's not that I've not wanted to do it. We was saying to Loons earlier, like everything has to revolve around the kids' schedule. Like yeah. I've got three kids, so if it's not practical I can't I can't <laughs> get back for training or school and that then nah, can't work. <laughs> I've got to say during make his uh, introduction there he mentioned the goals and just got yeah. a little snap. No, no, because I got a cold, it's cold outside, you know. It's cold. <laughs> Happy with him, yeah. No, to be fair, um again, we had like Glenn Ardor, who is my favourite manager of all time, like best manager I worked with. We're not we're not doing the rundown yet, but I know, yeah, but just... the goals part, it got better when I left because he used to make me do finishing on my own. So like he used to say, you get a lot of opportunities and your conversion rate's not great. So we'll go and uh, we'll go and practice. So I used to have me doing finishing. I'm like, I'm a defender. How important is this? And then left, obviously, to go to Everton. And then the following season, I scored 10 in one year. So it's crazy. It's unbelievable. Yeah, mad. And saying that, see, I, I look at defenders and, and you were talking about certain people being wired up differently. I think defenders are wired up yeah. differently, you know, like in training. They'll block one clear off the line and it's like they celebrate like it's a goal, right? <laughs> so I'm not, I'll ask yeah. you, right, what is better feeling? Scoring a goal or clearing one off the line? Because you've done both. Ooh. Clearing one. Um... 
depends what game it's in. It doesn't take this long to answer the question. Nah, nah. The hardest thing to do in football is put the ball in the back of a net. Is it the hardest thing nowadays? It's the hardest thing to do. How many clean sheets are you seeing nowadays? <laughs> you don't see many clean sheets. The ball changes all the time. The rules change all the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, nah. To be fair, as I said, for me, it was different. Because depending on what game, there's going to be goals that mean a lot more to me than, than clearances. If it's 3-0... We're up 3-0 and I'm clearing it, then phew, it's just a clear it, send it. But if it's 0-0, you know what I mean? Then it obviously it means a lot more. <laughs> uh, you know but, he just wanted you to talk about it being really hard to score goals. I know he did, but I'm... Nah, no, not at all. Hard. I'm just saying, it's like I've, I've, I've played with defenders. I've, I've had 18 clubs. Okay, I've how many seen, goals you scored? 130, 142. And how many goals, how many goal on clearances you got? Oh, I've got a few. Got exactly, a... but not the same. No, we're near the I same ratio. I don't celebrate, but I'm talking about training as well. Like, nah, you yeah, I don't. Training and you're seeing the fact, like, Neil Collins, Jody Craddock, oh, they're high-fiving, oh, well done. And it's like, yeah, nah, it's... I didn't get that, to be fair. Yeah, you're kind of training. cool, calm, collected, but I'm just saying, like, when you score the goal and, like, you're running and you're celebrating, the feeling inside... It's better than any any clearance or that you know that last that last ditch challenge on on Messi as he's going through and you go boom. That never happened. <laughs> he, went, he normally went through. <laughs> uh, nah, but again, it's it different. Like I never got carried away with either. To be fair, I do. Do you get carried away by anything? He's too cool. so he's too calm, back. isn't he? I'm not laid back. back, but I'm just, as I said, I learned to kind of not, I've got good people around me, so I couldn't get carried away, so so I just kind of just dealt with it. You spoke about your, obviously, your your, your mum being a massive part in it. Like, so what what brought you to Wolves? What, what was she? The... Her? Her? No joke. Like, mum, obviously, mum, dad, brother, sister was young, so she, like, she was, obviously, about wife, been together for forever. But mum, basically, was at Wolves, 13s 13, 12s 13s and then they wanted me to play at the back I said nah I'm not I don't want to play a, a defender I don't want to be a defender so I wasn't enjoying it so I said I'm not going to come back no, no hard feelings plus them times you couldn't play for any other team you only could play for the school and the um, academy team which I didn't like to do I wanted to play two games on a Saturday two games on a Sunday they were saying nah so I said cool I just won't play go and play with my mates for a couple of years um, and then get into the last year of school. So that was like, say, year eight, nine, year 11 now. And our school team was pretty decent. So we all kind of ripped off for a trial at Derby, um, generic trial, all got in, what, 100 kids got, and then two of us got through to the academy team, um, got in. First game of the season was Wolves. And uh, Chris Evans, who had still been speaking to my dad throughout the time I'd been away, said we'd like him to come in and do work experience, which Derby had already said I could do work experience there. So get two weeks off school. First week was Wolves, second week was at Derby. Came to Wolves, um, did the work experience. They offered me YTS um, and I was going to Derby then to kind of see what they was going to say, offer me a YTS or scholar. Um, my mum said, but you've got to have to leave to go to Derby. You're going to have to go into digs, which is not happening. So we won't go to Derby. You're going to Wolves kind of thing. So I, I didn't have a choice. I was signing for Wolves whether I liked it or not. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I used to get the bus from Birmingham or the train every morning, which was yeah, a bit of a trick. My kids don't want to walk to the shop now where <laughs> I'm saying I have to get up at like half oh, six every morning and it's cold. So it wasn't a great love for the club. It was the love from your mum that made you come. Yeah, it was the fact that I, she, I wasn't allowed to move to <clears throat> live in digs. So, and there's people that obviously... Living in Diggs. I could have lived in Diggs in Wolverhampton and been okay, but she was like, nah, 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 you, you're traveling. You're going to have to travel. So 
get your bus pass. <laughs> <laughs> Did that help in a way, though? Especially when you got into the first team group, that you kind of had that uh, level of independence. It was, well, yeah, it's funny, because I remember one of my first games, I think it might be my first game. You, you, The only stipulation she had, if I was here on a night, so like reserve games, they would give me a taxi. So Wensfield Taxi, shout out to them. To be fair, they used to um, have an account and they used to give us taxis home. So I'd, I'd used to be able to get a taxi home after the game. But once you're a pro first team, you can't get a taxi. So I um, remember after one of the games, my mum and that had gone. And they assumed I was getting a taxi because obviously they didn't want to wait after I couldn't drive young and uh, 17. and But I couldn't get a taxi. I didn't have the money to get a taxi, so I just got the bus home <laughs> after the first team game. I remember just sitting on downstairs. I didn't want to sit upstairs because I was in my suit from the first team game. So I was just sitting downstairs in my suit on the bus and that going home. I said, I need to change this. I need to sort myself out. So not long like, after that, I passed my test. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though, because it's like you hear stories of like the players in the 50s and 60s oh, getting the bus. It was just mistiming. I was getting no mobile, so I couldn't find say turn around. Not that they probably would have turned around anyway, but yeah, so I'd get the bus home. Because there's a great story. We were mentioning Terry Connor on the podcast, and he told the story of his first meeting with you where you were running down yeah. the canals and you stopped to be sick. That was, he, yeah. But again, he's seen that. I didn't know he'd seen that. So that was kind of the base of our relationship or the core reason why he kind of did what he did, push me. And I didn't know. So I'm all for years. I'm thinking he doesn't like me. He's he hates me and all this stuff. But obviously, then when he explained what it was, I'm like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. But this is the thing about you as a character, even at that age. Because for people who've not heard it, you stop and you're sick, yeah. and then he asks you if you're alright and if you need to go back and get looked after, and you were like, no, I'm alright. Yeah. And you finish the run at what would have been like 16. Yeah, 16 and. Like sixteen year old kid doing that. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, I got an older brother that played, so I kinda knew what it was about. What you anyway, had to be. yeah, I knew that wasn't it wasn't easy, it wasn't a joke and them things like as much as maybe surprise it wasn't hard for me yeah. to do that. That was how it worked. You if you, you stop when you can't go any further and I could go further, so just wipe it off and then it was not nice being sick to run. Yeah, obviously, them <laughs> things ain't nice if you're pushing yourself that far. But like the mental side of it, I, I never really found that hard to be fair. See, but I think that's the difference, you know. I think mm. even now, you know, when 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 we're training now, it's like you set yourself targets and you break them, and then even when you get there, you think I've not pushed myself hard enough, and you'll and you'll do like you say, you do yeah. that extra one, and you'll run that extra couple of minutes. Yeah, you know. But back in the day, I think the managers used to think. Once you're sick, yeah, that's me. I've got you now. That's yeah. a sick. Let's let's kick on now. It's just that there's a there's a harshness that that kind of prepares you for in football. The football <sighs> world is harsh, isn't it? Yeah. It's... So so you've you've got two you've got sons, yeah. and it's like yeah, they have to be ready. Yeah. For when that challenge comes to them, and it's all about the mindset and the application and all that for them to go. Because even if they've got the ability, yeah, it's not. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying. It's like you've you've come into a a youth team. With lots of quality there, yeah. and you must, you know, and you were levels above even at that age. TC seen that you've had the mindset to kick on, and that's why he was hard on you because he he seen the quality straight away. He didn't want you to to fall short of where you could go. Yeah, and you've probably surpassed where he thought you could go because you just you've taken it all. Yeah, away. maybe yeah, because I'd kind of surpassed where I thought. Again, you, you, 
Villa fan growing up, just thinking about playing football and the dream was, oh, can I play for Aston Villa? Um, not can I go and play for England? Can I win the Premier League? Them things are not dreams. No one dreams of that. You just dream of being a footballer and playing for the team that you support. Yeah. So to kind of do that, all that and some, like, it's only game, you'll know, when you retire, that's when you look and think, oh, yeah, I've done that. It's quite cool, yeah. that. It's quite cool. <laughs> but when it's going on, it's like, what it is what it is. Yeah. Looms mentions that youth group, though. I know you weren't all quite the same age, yeah. but Matt Murray, yeah. Lee Naylor, Naylor, yourself, Keith Andrews, that's R- a phenomenal group of players. Yeah, and Robbie had obviously just graduated because I've trained Robbie twice, I think before he went to Coventry, yeah, so I just luckily got to kind of see that. But yeah, the um, Wolves youth system then was, was decent, like, that. Um, again, the, the setup was different in terms of who you played, but I remember we got to a few finals in the in the youth um, age groups and that. But yeah, Nails, um, Matty, I didn't play with Nails' youth team. He was already in the first team. But the fact that I'm left-sided centre-half and he's left-back and we're not, he's a lot older, but mentally he's not. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, we kind of just obviously connected straight away. And I played with Matty, like youth team, I was kind of in Matty's age group. Yeah. Um, again, I, I touched on it before. I used to come in from schoolboy day so I, I, I played games with Matty and stuff like that. Was that something that you were well aware of that being in that environment and playing and like you say winning winning, winning cups and things like that that there was a, a real chance for you to get promoted to the first team because it had happened was that because it was in that environment or do you not really think about you just think about playing games or? Did, yeah both um, I remember one article that's funny um, did an article remember the um, Sports Argus yeah, yeah, the, the old, pink paper yeah, on the yeah. Saturday. I don't know if you know, like you just come out on the weekends and that just it's like, like Saturday it, night thing. Yeah, but is it, is it like Midlands based stuff? It's not yeah. everywhere, is it? It's like so. Did an interview like we know when you do um, the pitches at the start of the season. Everyone's doing like the pitches for the um, team photos and all that. And I want to do an interview, and I've I think it must have been my second season, so I'm 16 at the time, and I think I just played against Liverpool in the. Um, in the preseason friendly, and uh, that was my first game. So I'm 16, played it. I think it was like Robbie Fowler, um, Emil Heskey, and all them, uh, Michael Owen, and that. So it was weird. And funny story in that was we're sitting on the bench, and uh, number 28 is going on for Liverpool. And now I said, Oh, it's decent. Him, I played with him in 18. I said, Oh, what's his name? He said, Oh, his name's Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, yeah, I mean, look out for him. So obviously, he's gonna have to do kind of what he did, <laughs> but um, so. Going back to the interview, I, I, we had the signing session. So I played um, the game, so I'm 16, which doesn't happen all the time. And then uh, they've asked me what, what kind of my thoughts are. So I was just like, oh, um, just obviously play well, hopefully play some reserve games and potentially be around the first team at Christmas. Thought nothing of it, nothing of it. Go back to the youth team, lads bantering me. like, But it weren't just like banter as in jokes. It was like serious, oh, you shouldn't say that. You can't, I'm thinking, what? Have I said that was that bad? I've said I just want to be in around the first team. And then I thought, wow, one, don't say it before it's happened, but I'm going to make it happen. And then I think it was January, because it was Millennium Year. That's all I know it was. Millennium Year. I remember everyone talking about what they do in Millennium. I said, I'm not going out. I was like, what? I said, nah. So I went to my aunties with now my wife. I was in bed for like half 12 because I knew we were running the next day. I was at the first, I was at the front of the running. The following week we played Norwich. I was on the bench. 
my first game and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'm willing to sacrifice whatever it is in order to kind of get where I need to go. And I was, I never kind of brought up the interview, but I always thought that was like a subconscious yeah. trigger to kind of get there after I'd said it like five months before. Because you had one of those kind of meteoric rises really where like you sometimes see young players, they kind of come in maybe on the bench for a yeah. while. They might get one or two games, then they're out of it. It's like your first season, you played like 44 games. Yeah, again, it just didn't know. I just didn't, wasn't aware that how other people do it and what the norm was. It was just, we played all the pre-season games. I think the last one was Southampton at home. And then it was Sheffield Wednesday at home in the league. And Colin Lee's reading the um, the team out before the game, and I'm I didn't even have a clue like what it would mean, what it what I would feel like. I just thought it's a game. Am I going to play? If I'm not, it's fine. If I am, it's fine. Well, you were that mature that even at that age you thought. Like... I, I, no, I don't know if I was mature. I wouldn't say that, <laughs> but I just think I just didn't know. It's just naive to the whole concept of like. That wasn't a thing. Now imagine someone seventeen making their debut now. Before the game, it's they're getting all the press, all the stuff. Like that didn't happen. It was yeah. just like, even if someone plays the preseason games, he gets hyped. That what didn't happen. There was no interviews. There was yeah. no bits in the program at the time. It was just if he plays, he plays. If he doesn't, he doesn't. So then when he read my name out and everyone's all the lads are giving me high fives and that, I'm thinking, okay, this is cool. And then I've phone my, like, my mum and dad and brother and stuff and tell them I'm playing tomorrow and then obviously the kind of rest is history Would you say that well you were you were ready for it but you know like was there moments in that season that, that you then thought I need to this needs to I need to work on this oh, I need to 100%. work on that because I'm so it's glad. like you were you were a, you weren't the finished article, but you were you were the next level you came in at that age with, with characters uh, I mean, big characters yeah. as well. But there was times where you must have been tested that you thought, am I, am I good enough? That doubt, yeah. am I good enough to be here? Or? Well, there's two stories. Once was the first time I kind of went to play with the first team, train with the first team. Um, like every young pro, it's a game. It's the most important session game of your life. You're not going there just like training mentality. It's like game, I'm, this is like game mode. So I'm trying my hardest and then um, Kevin Muscat gets the ball and um, naturally I was quite strong anyway like 14-15 so he gets the ball I brush him off the ball and he, he kind of stumbles everyone starts laughing and that I'm like well, I'm just trying to win the ball and then uh, this happens again like he now thinks oh let me show him so I'm thinking I just need to win this ball I need to win this ball so he tries to come in again I'll do it again but now I've kind of pushed him on the floor and everyone's like ooh <laughs> he comes to me and says if you do that again if you break your legs, I was like, oh, <laughs> now it's real. So I kind of realised early that that was the kind of mindset that obviously professionals have. But then going back to, did I realise, or the first time I realised was, it might be my second season, when Fulham were the team. Fulham had uh, John Tigana, yeah. manager. They were unreal. Lewis so, Sahar and that. I'll bring him up. <laughs> <laughs> so they was a... Uh, 10 games, I think. They'd won 10 or 9. Goal average was 2 a game. Something like that. We're playing them at Molyneux. And uh, so I'm, I'm focused. I'm thinking, yeah, like I need to do some massive games. Um, Lusa, uh, Bermorte and stuff like that. Nil-nil. I get mad at the match. So I'm not thinking I've made it on that, but I'm thinking, yeah, I've, yeah, 
good, good. And then we played them three weeks later in the cup at Craven Cottage. And I'm not thinking it's going to be the same, but I'm not thinking they're going to up their level to what they upped it to. And he ruined me, like ruined me. Him and Boamorte, it was 3-0. He scored a pen um, with his left, with his right foot, scored a free kick with his other foot. Boamorte, like a ball come to me, flipped it round me one side, spanned the other. And I was just like, oh my God. So that was the first time I realised there's another level to players that you're going to play against. So... I need to kind of adjust everything I was doing. So I, I changed my diet a little bit. I changed my training program just because I'd never experienced somewhere where I, no matter how hard I was trying, it, was, it wasn't going to work. So kind of, <clears throat> was that something that you'd done to yourself or was that something that you were quite vocal about to your coach, manager or what? Right, I need to, I need to look at this. Because obviously you have a debrief anyway. Yeah. So obviously after that game, they look and think, right, okay, well, that, that can't happen again. But you, you knew... I knew, yeah, I knew that time. But and to be fair, Connolly was great at the time. Like, I was distraught in addressing him. I was thinking, I'm going to have to retire. Like, this, I'm never going to recover from this. And um, he just said to me, like, in front of everyone, do not get upset with that. That happens. You'll still be a good player. So just continue to do what you're doing. And it, it helped at the time. But, yeah, I knew then there was more to it than just the innocence of, oh, I love it, you love it, let's just go and play. Yeah. Nah, there was more to it. <laughs> Because you had this unbelievable run where I think you were like the supporters' young player of the year for like your first two seasons. You were PFA team of the year from 0102, 0203. You were player of the year in the year that we got promoted, which like... I don't know. I didn't know them. I still got the um, the stuff up and that. They still got the balls because the balls used to give us like glass balls and stuff. So I still got them. They're out in the ass to be fair now. But it's like, because I, I, that's the one that like struck me when I looked that up, that um, you had a team that had like Ince, yeah. Ray, Kennedy. Connie Cameron was decent as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, and pe- people always go towards strikers for these things. Yeah. But you as the young central yeah, defender. Yeah, I, I Again, I, I, it, was, it was weird. I, I started to realise then that, because um, John Wood, obviously one of the coaches here, I always used to say I could play up front. I always said, I can play up front. I know I can. Like, put me up there. I, w- I would do something. But obviously, I, I couldn't. Um, so, kind of, I always believed that defending, I enjoyed as much as strikers scoring goals. Like, 1v1 was the best thing. I used to love being 1v1 because it was just me versus them. But then also, there was bits of me that could I could do that. Not every centre-half was doing that at that time. Um, more people are doing it now. So, I think that's why probably got more recognition and the fact that there wasn't many defenders trying to play or trying to and I funny enough I couldn't kick the ball that far so I like passing was a lot easier for me on the floor and between the lines and stuff than clipping it down the line because I, I couldn't I couldn't gauge the way to pass I didn't have it and it was terrible so I used to develop that stuff more but what was it like being in that dressing room because we I mean when Paul Butler came in he was quite vocal about the fact that the dressing room that he first arrived into was like a law unto itself. Yeah. Like Steve Sedgley going off doing different pranks <laughs> and things and all sorts of stuff around. We'll get to that on the podcast Sedge. extra. But like, then you get these incredible like legends of the yeah. game. Dennis, like playing alongside Dennis Irwin. Irwin. No, them two. Dennis Irwin and Incy, I would say, are probably the biggest influences. Butts was great. 
but Butts was great because he only like encouraged me to do well. Where Incy and Dennis, like if I was doing like shit or we can swear, right? Well, yeah, well, we might be. Yeah. Oh, if I was poor, they would tell me. Like there was this patch just before the summer, before um, the season before I left in the January, I was going for a tough time, and we were coming back from Plymouth, and it wasn't a tough time because I like I was just just was playing crap, and Incy pulled me and said, "You're doing too much. You're doing too much. Everything." He said, "Just simplify it and." Don't worry about any, any of this, any of that. What's going to happen in the future? He said, just concentrate. And he but wasn't that polite as I'm being here now. And I was just like, I needed that. And then li- literally from that, it just helped me settle down and just regain the kind of level and composure and consistency I had before. And what the reason why people were speculating about me moving. Yeah, on the other side of that, I think... Uh, that a player could go the negative way, like if the way that NC came and he spoke, that could... that could put someone in a in their little shell and keep them but again it's him knowing the character that you are and like maybe I he's been there he's done that hasn't yeah. he, he I don't think exactly he cared he, he cared enough I think he cared enough to tell me yeah. but I don't think he was cared of the reaction that I was going to give because that's Incy and again I still speak to Incy I, I, a, a few decisions throughout my career I, I called Incy on um, but yeah no in terms of like the way I looked at him the respect I had for Incy was crazy like the, the game in Italy when he had the bandage, I remember watching that kind of. I was at the training that night, and I was thinking, can I, can I wear a bandage in training, like to kind of just be like Inti? Because again, I wanted to be midfield, and then so many years later, teammates. <laughs> it's just weird. Probably, yeah, yeah, it's just weird to to think like that. We'll talk about this, and this this is must be a probably one of the only negatives, right? And it's you get promoted, you win Player of the Year. You don't play in the Premier League yeah. injury. How how must that be the the men the the mental side of it, the physical side of it? Because it's got to be one of the worst things not being able to just go out and even just go out and train. Never mind play. Yeah, um, at the time it wasn't that bad because I'd never been injured, never missed games, um, and I didn't know. Never played in a Premier League, so what was I missing? I'd missing something I'd never done before, so there was nothing to worry about. It was um, the injury was more serious then. I was led to believe at the time, um, something I kind of had to then monitor throughout my career. Um, and again, Duck, Duck Perry, it was great. He kind of, someone again, I think the people that knew who I respected could speak to me in a certain way. I remember he come to me and said to me on the training ground, you've put too much weight on. You need to lose a lot of weight. These are the reasons why. Um, this injury is not something that you'll just get over in a year. This is kind of, this is career threatening. So, Again, I believed him enough to say, yeah, cool, I'll change diet, everything, lifestyle to kind of get back to where I was before, but also have the mindset of if if I can get the pain away, then it's not going to prevent me from doing anything. If there's pain, then obviously, yeah, you might, but there was I got to a level where the pain was minimal, so I could start playing to what I was before. But yeah, it was great to see like likes of Arsenal that, and then boys come in and stuff like that to, to mind you. But I didn't miss anything because I'd never played against them players or in the Premier League. Would we have stayed up if you were fit? It's hard to say that. I don't know. You don't know. Because I think the next year, did we play Arsenal in the Cup? And I think one of the coaches said that to me. We would have had a better chance of staying up. I'm saying, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think we'd had a better chance. I'd like to think I could help the team. But it was funny how, the, how it changed because it went from the physios to Dave Jones' manager... 
at the start of the season saying, take your time, don't rush, um, like be careful and that. And then it got to October and there was there was a real bad run of form. And it was like, how long? <laughs> it went from take your time to how long are you going to be to, to kind of your fitness. And again, due to the, the medicine side of it and the, the structure then, like it was terrible. And no, that's not a disrespect. Like I had an operation in July. I had an operation in July and they said, well, if you do the rehab, you'll be back on the pitch in November. So the fitness coach at the time took it as he'll be fit in November. So to last two, I didn't do anything <coughs> like minimal work. And then the last two weeks of October, I'm on the treadmill and I'm like, okay, I'm, but I'm being told this is what it is. I don't, again, I don't know any different. And then my first day training, done it again same injury and then kind of that's when I kind of paid attention Adi Akinbae kind of said to me um, like see this guy which is dead man who's done um, Van Nistroy R9 kind of done all their surgery but also not the surgery I'd give them them a plan and structure and then luckily for me Kempi came to the club that time as well so it kind of just matched and mirrored each other perfectly so what what was the actual knee injury then? Was it was it cruciate then or yeah, nah it? lateral yeah my lateral meniscus so like you know the um the outside of your knee yeah I've got lateral yeah last yeah one. so you know with the cartilage yeah yeah that we did just took it out yeah straight away so normally you get it shaved down shaved so down, it's yeah. not rubbing on bone on bone so you have no cartilage but I had never had it from from twenty unbelievable from twenty years old so that it was just bone on bone yeah doing that but basically what they did was it's called a microfracture so they drilled yeah. the holes in in the bone in the back of your it bone bleeds, it bleeds and, and it causes a scab and then it's that's supposed to be act as a cartilage but again that's so basically it's the same operation as um jamie redknapp and remember david thompson from liverpool and blackburn yeah, yeah. it's like funny enough i we had our operation the same day me and david thompson like so we seen each other in the hotel and obviously we're going to the finger and the same operation same day and then like a couple of years later he's having to retire because he can't can't cope so that was when it kind of got serious did that cost you though because like you stayed for a couple of seasons yeah. extra and nowadays if a team went down and they had a player like you were at that time all the big clubs <laughs> would have been coming in it cost me because i had to prove like fitness and it wasn't like a one season like I didn't miss a game then when I got back from when I got back into the team after the injury so I was out for a year I think for like four just over four seasons I didn't miss a game you played 93 games in the next two seasons for Wolves yeah having not played a single one in that and season. then went to Everton and played 130 something games for them consecutive so but like it was still to the end of my career the doubt was always oh, is not, but so I just knew that my game time was my going to be my medical kind of thing. Like in terms yeah. of when people are doing scans and they're saying you can't play, and I'm saying well, he's played 97 games in. I'd played more games than anyone um, in the league, apart from goalies kind of thing. So I kind of just knew that I just had to make sure that that I was fit enough. Because didn't Everton make you do an extra? Oh, it's horrendous. Extra medicals. Yeah, so I'd gone there to do a medical and um, like normally did the stuff and just assuming that uh, it takes a few days, five, six days later, um, it's, not, it's not confirmed. So I'm like, cool, I just won't go. Come on, I said to my agent, it's not happening. 
and I, I'd booked to go on holiday. So I was going on holiday, um, say like five days after, before, after the medical. And then I'd had to delay that. So I'd missed like three days of my holiday. I was just like, I'm just going home. But literally on the plane, as I landed, I had a text message from him and said, it's done. So like, obviously I just landed on a holiday and it did, did agree to sign me kind of thing. So, but yeah, that was a part of it. Because you mentioned a little bit on the podcast talking about Jez Moxie and how your kind of move away came around because that summer was like a big summer of change. Glenn mm. left. We, when we had Mark Kennedy on, he talked about the fact that he would have stayed if Glenn Hoddle had stayed. Yeah. But he ended up going. Um, I think Nails went Nails, Nails Kenny. Kenny had left. Would you have stayed or was it time for you to go? Would I have stayed? I, wouldn't, I, I can't say I would have stayed in the championship because, again, I wanted to, to be the best I could be. And I was, I was doing what TC said I was going to do in terms of picking up bad habits and doing things you can't get away with at the highest level. And I was doing them regular and getting away with them because I could. Yeah. So I was at a stage where, yeah, it was great and it was enjoyable. But to be considered or to get the full potential, you have to do it against the best. And I knew I had to move on. Was a was it a choice of clubs? Um, I don't think so. I think David Moyes had watched me 50, 50, over fifty times in them two seasons, so I kind of was aware to put towards the back end of the second season they were keen. You knew exactly what he was getting. And um, it was funny because I think I'd only had a year left on my contract, and um, this was part of the reasons why I signed, because the timing of me getting fit to do my contract wasn't great for the club. So Jess said, if you sign, obviously you'll get more money, but we'll get more money. So it kind of helps us out. And people were around me saying, my agent and that was saying, maybe if you sign, it's more money. Teams might not want to pay it. So I think, I think I went to Everton for like 5 million, but Arsenal potentially would have paid 3 million, which I would have been at if I didn't re-sign my new contract. But I was like, nah, I can't just do that and just go for 3 million, even though potentially going to Arsenal at that stage but I don't regret signing or moving to Everton at all. Well, you helped the club out after that because you'll move to Man City. Oh, I think no, there was yeah. a salad <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. yeah. There's a salad to be, yeah, just told me about that. <laughs> yeah. um, and of course, you went on to amazing, amazing moments after that. Is there ever a part of you that kind of wished when Wolves got up to the Premier League that they could have got to a level that could have brought 100%. you back? 100%. When I was leaving City and I went to West Brom, um, I, the main focus for me leaving City was working with um, a British manager. I'd worked with a foreign manager for a number of years and they, their perception of the game, the ones that had come into the Premier League, not the ones that had worked in the Premier League because they kind of knew it, but the perception of new foreign managers that were coming in, coaches, oh, this is how it works. I'm like, doesn't kind of work that way here. It's different. It's not yeah. like Italy or kind of Spain where yeah. every team plays the same way and the best team at playing that way wins the teams don't care they're just playing to win or not lose even you know what I mean which managers and players can't grasp um, so I had to work with a British manager and then I got a call from Alan Irvine who was a great coach for me at Everton because I couldn't stand playing left back and he helped me a lot in time mentally um, because it was that bad like in terms of playing left back we had two left backs at Everton where, so I couldn't even train there. So it was not like I could do that in training and then go and play 
in the games. I'd have to play centre half all week in training, train as a centre half, and then just go to the game and just play left back. And because the manager kind of knew I didn't want to play there, he wouldn't try and insult me by trying to coach me as a left back. So there was no coaching, yeah. there was no playing there, no practicing. It was just like play centre half all week training. Come to Saturday, I knew my name was going to be called a left back. So that was the reason why I went to West Brom. But funnily enough, I got a call from Jez at the time. I was like, gutted we're just not in a place to kind of sign. I said, Jez, it would have been done instant, Unbelievable. instantly. Yeah. But there was just the club wasn't in a position to kind of re-sign me. Because, right, we're massively over. So stay with us because we've got to get this point on the main show. Yeah. Why Albion? I know. Yeah, as I said, it was just that. It was just the fact that I'd, I wanted to work with someone who I knew I could um, I could trust again. Um, and I wasn't, like, trying to disrespect Wolves. There was no, like, well, let me prove anyone wrong or right kind of thing. It was just Alan Irvine was the massive reason for that. I, I was close to going to Stoke because it was Mark Hughes as well. Um but again, I just was at a stage where I just wanted to work with someone I well knew. Like, I only worked with Mark Hughes like six months. He signed me at um, City and then got sacked in the December. So as much as I'd respected him and admired him, I didn't know him that well. Where I'd worked with Alan for three years. Yeah. So I kind of knew what I was getting. He knew what he was getting. And he, and Keith and Keith Danny was there. So yeah. it, And um, Rob Kelly was there. He was my um, first like uh, youth development officer. So it just felt right to kind of go there. I said it wasn't a West Brom thing. It was just the people in, in place that made me sign there. Okay. The Old Gold Club, powered by Blythe Group, official partner of Wolverhampton Wanderers. So that was a show on with the podcast. Um, we're just talking about your injury because Looms had something yeah. very similar. Um, it just sounds horrendous. And you were just saying that literally... You kind of did it before the playoffs, yeah, and no one told you. Yeah, so I knew I was having an operation on my left knee um, after the playoffs, before the Premier League season, and then I slipped in training, um, ridiculous pain. I remember like them trying to ice it, and I was crying. It was that sore just to ice. It was like ridiculous. But they said, "Oh, just rest for a week, um, and it'll be fine." I'm like, okay. So I didn't play the last game of the season and played the playoff games. Um, obviously, we got promoted and then I was told I needed an operation, not what it was, and literally woke up from operation in a wheelchair with both knees being operated on, which they said shouldn't normally happen. You should normally wait so you couldn't actually walk or whatever. And then, again, was told later on um, what it was, what what the injury was and because I always assumed my left was going to be the worst I knew I'd, in my mind I was having an operation on my left knee and this that and the other and then they said nah 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 you take the left knee your right knee is the one which is going to be the main issue throughout your career and like Loom's saying normally you have it shaved you have your cartilage shaved down to where they can think it they just took it out yeah. I was like we're not even going to try and <laughs> salvage something nah stick it out well, again they <laughs> stitch it up now they yeah, stitch it up yeah. now the, the I got 60% of the lateral meniscus taken away. Mm-hmm. And then straight away, the, the, the specialist says, you do know that I've just ha- half your career now. So like, I got told, 27, you won't be able to play. Yeah. Like, you you got it taken out at that age. I had no, I had bone on bone from 22. Yeah. And it was one of those things, 
we had you had to work so much oh, on your your your, your quads, yeah. your calves, and I think it surprises people when you tell them. Yeah. But like I always had pain. Oh yeah, there you know was never. I mean? You just pain for the days when you don't have pain. Yeah. <laughs> the you, pains was the you, norm. You'd yeah. Be walking about at home, hobbling about, and then you pop your anti-inflammatory, yeah, yeah. anti-inflammatory, and then you train, and then you 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 go home and you'd be hobbling about game, again. Game ready. You must have a game, game ready. ready. That yeah. is the. Like I, I used. I played power league the other week. Well, that's last Sunday. Got it again tonight. And uh, <laughs> my knee like a balloon. Yeah. Like the, um, on Monday, and so I just put that game ready on. Oh, it's like a nice what? machine. Yeah. So it's just like a compression that just wraps around your leg. And it'd be freezing cold, and you it's just like, with you. yeah, that's like that's the best investment I've ever ever made, <laughs> ever. Um, on the injury, you know, for you will know that there is a myth out there about that injury. I know, yeah. How much does that annoy you then, given what you went through? That people go, oh yeah, it's because of this and this. Uh, it doesn't really annoy me, to be fair, because it, it's it's like the myth of. I don't know if he was going to talk about it. The tweet, like I know what happened, so I don't this really the care. Aston Villa tweet. Yeah, I don't really care. Kind of what people think. I'd, I'd care if it was the truth. I'd think should have done that then. But I know it's it's like it's not even close to the truth. So what can I say? <laughs> I can't think tweet, of it. Why, this tweet things which do over my head. Why? Um, this was uh, at Villa. It's on about a car. Yeah. I've, right, okay. So basically, you pocket tweeted. Yeah. So basically, what's happened was um, we'd lost to Liverpool, and um, at the time, I'm going to say his name, Jack Grealish, didn't have a license, and I'm helping. I've got a business where I source cars for players, having been stung in the past, try and help out the lads. So I'm helping Jack, and he sent me a picture of that car, and. Uh, he said, what do you think? And I was like, to be fair, Jack, first car, probably wouldn't get that because the insurance going to be stupid. You can get the same looking car with a smaller engine and then it would make sense. So he sent me that picture. And if you go on to Twitter now, at the bottom is all your pictures in your phone. Yeah. So the last pictures, and it's, it's been like that for a while. So whatever someone sent you in your phone or picture you've taken is on there. So literally... It must I've just literally gone on to it and it must have just sent and I'm driving up the motorway and I get a call um from my brother and says what what's going on? What you talking He said, Oh, everyone's like going off on Twitter about this this car and I was like, What are you talking about? So my phone's in my pocket, I can't I can't get to it. He's like, Oh, okay, we'll just um have a look when you get home and obviously then I got home and I was aware of kind of what it was. And because I knew how innocent it was, I didn't care to explain. I don't no, like exactly why <laughs> why do I care it was what? like the worst possible timing yeah of course but there's a lot of things that are worse timing so I, I said like that incident with the injury I'm like I've got no time and the only reason I've never said Jack's name or before was because I didn't want to expose him he was like 18, 19 I think yeah. I'm not going to look like I'm throwing him under the bus he's yeah. whatever does it does it matter that? But that's why I've never took it down. I'll never take it down either. Never. I'll leave it on there. I have to have a look at this. Yeah. Unbelievable, isn't it? It's yeah, just, there's, there's, there's no gonna words. Be, there's always going to be just a just a picture. It's just a picture, and I'm thinking I, I don't even tweet after games. So the fact that it's come out, people should realise like it's just a mistake. I don't tweet after it. wins. Yeah. I don't tweet uh, tweet after losses and say oh thanks this, thank that, and it was amazing. And I was like I never did that. So people just to think, and it doesn't even make. And the worst thing is. My mum, she said to me at the time, you haven't even got that car. Why don't you 
show them what car you've got. Uh, the worst thing is oh, I had a Rolls Royce at the time as well. <laughs> I didn't even have the car that was on the, on the picture. <laughs> is there something about you though that like, because you're talking about like you don't you're not bothered if people are talking about oh. you in these kind of things. You weren't bothered about having the cartilage stripped out of your knee. You weren't bothered about being sick and carrying on doing your runs and stuff. Like, what is it in less your in, less in the Premier League? Yeah. Yeah, like just yeah. your mental state. Like you just like someone tells you to do it, you just do it. Yeah, that that's that's the way it is. Like my mum always and dad said, as long as the police are not knocking at the door, the only people you've got to worry about is us. So I'm like, cool. As long as I'm holding them things to to the highest standard, like what does it matter? I'm I'm not letting anyone down. If my family, like my wife, children, then if I let them down, then that's um devastated but in terms of the perception of what people have of me I don't care I care enough to want to do the right thing but I don't care enough for them to worry about what they think of me of me if that makes sense yeah no totally I think right let's talk about when you retired <sighs> then it all hits you what you've actually achieved like I'm the same now when you're trying to do your little kind of yeah. eulogy and that and you're sending it out to promoted five times won the Scottish Cup represented your country and you're thinking my god I've done alright yeah I've done so talk, wh- wh- when did that hit you that what you where, where you'd got to what you'd done two Premier League <laughs> oh no, you know it's like what um, the, the Premier League one probably hit me I, t- I heard an interview from the legend that is Steven Gerrard and he said he would swap his Champions League for the Premier League and I was like wow if that if he's saying that after all the stuff he's done, I, I was, what I've done must be pretty cool, kind of thing. So that was kind of the first time I'd recognise. I think he, would, I think he'd just gone to LA at the time as well, talking about his obviously Liverpool career. So that was probably the first instance when I realised that I've done some good things. And now when you kind of see how hard it is for players and teams to do to do that and. As I said, play hundred and I like pride myself in the fact that I've played hundred and well ninety seven games consecutive or whatever it was. You know what I mean? Them yeah. things mean a lot to me that because yeah. I know them things are not easy to do. Nope. Like because whatever it is, even if you, people are not lucky enough to stay injury free for that time, never known be consistent enough to stay in the team with managers changing and stuff. Yeah. So to kind of them kind of things, I look back and I think yeah, they're 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 pretty cool to to do as well. Because it. it it's the thing you played in again like we keep going off to non-wolves things but you played in like the greatest ever final day <sighs> that there has ever been I don't think it will ever be beaten though oh crazy I just think the fact that it was the first it was the local rivals it was it was all that last minute goal difference yeah. like them things can't be that's like the only thing now you could say would be Everton Liverpool being dominant now for the next five years and Everton coming through and, and kind of doing that. That's the only comparison you can have because City wasn't a title contender yeah. until we kind of assembled that squad. Um, Man United were dominating. They were everyone's arch rivals, everyone's fiercest competitors where that's not the case now, you know what I mean? So that is like, when you look back at that and think what the team's done recently is amazing and stuff, but that for me is like, that can't be replicated in any way. The, the first one can't be anyway, but the fact the circumstances, what it was around, 
It's crazy. And 2 0 down. That's what I'm saying. In that game, you're 2 0. Talk to me then. What, oh, what's that, going through your head? There? It was two horrible. Like, well, 2 1. It was 2 1. So when it was, we went 1 0 up, then it was 1 1. I'm thinking, it's fine. Like, we'll score. We only got to get one because we only had to obviously win the game and then they scored again. And that's when it was real. I was thinking, what if? And the stuff that was going through my mind, and it was that we spoke about it with um, Gareth Barry after, not, not after the game, but like months, years after. And we're saying, like, in, I'm in my head, I'm thinking, I can't go to the school. I can't, I can't go on holiday. I don't want no to see me for the whole summer. I'm just going to have to stay in and just kind of just like hibernate, really. Um, don't want to be seen. If, if we don't win this, it's, it's going to be the worst failure ever in history. And, and then when we score, oh my God. Well, I've ne- I-, I watched the game once. I did a review for someone last last December. That was the first time I'd watched the game. Can't watch the game. Makes me feel sick. <laughs> Still now, makes me feel sick. Yeah, horrible. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that on anyone. Anyone. Because uh, like your view of that winning moment, it's like Matt Murray talks about his like view at, at Cardiff in the Millennium Stadium of like all the fans yeah. celebrating and stuff, you'd have had a similar thing. Like your view of that, this is what I, I'm fascinated by sometimes in like footballers, because my view of football is from the press box. Yeah. Like any stadium I go to, when if I think of it now, I think of what I see from there. So at that key moment, you're like not quite seeing, you can see the ball kind of go through, who's there. No, I, I couldn't see, I didn't see none of the build-up. People told me I was involved. I was, they had possession, I won a header. And then it, I headed it to someone and then we've gone and scored. I'm like, I, I don't remember none of that. I remember just everyone just running around. Just running around. <laughs> I run to you... like the physios. <laughs> um, just like grabbed someone. And I think like he wasn't, it's not that big either, the physio that I jumped on. I nearly crushed him. And yeah, it was just, it, it was unreal. Because again, the timing of it, the club at the time wasn't nowhere near the size it was now. The training ground wasn't the same. So kind of everyone worked there. We had a... Um, a scheduled plan party after celebration and it was like all the staff like I don't mean just some of the every member of staff at the club was there I know it was like everyone was partying together and it was just yeah it was just mad it was just mad it's funny though like because um uh, there, there were mates to almost bring it back to walls. There were mates of mine that whenever like you scored for England or yeah. played for England or won Premier League titles, mates of mine were like, "Yeah, that's our Jolly and that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's, what, that's a Wolves guy yeah, doing that. I get that. To be fair, and yeah, I am. I am. As I said, it, like my youngest son's a Wolves fan now, and like he's he's been a fan of teams that win. And then when Nuno came, I don't know why he just said, "I want to be a Wolves fan, Dad." So it was like nine. I was like, yeah, okay, it's fine. As I said, you're not allowed to support. None of them was allowed to support Liverpool. That was that was the team that was like a no go. You could support any other team. So, but my oldest is City. He was just a City fan. He spent most of his time there. But then my youngest one, there was. But now he knows like everything. He's serious about it. So it's not like where he's had a, a fluctuation with other teams before if they've won the cup or the league. Nah, nah, nah. Wolves is his, is his gang. So when we came on the 27th, the car ride home was brilliant. Oh, my God. <laughs> he he backed off his shirt in the car and that. He's like, he's just like hyped out. Because obviously when City went to 10 men and at my oldest, he's like, oh, Claire, this is going to be special now. This is going to be like 5, 6, nil, whatever. Um, he's thinking like... That's what my young one saying to my old one, sorry. And then Wolves went up. I mean, City went up. Was it 2-0? 2-0, yeah. 
So he's like, okay, and then he said, nah, if you get one, if you just get one, we're in it, we're in it. And he's then he's nine tw- years old. No, he's 12. He's 12. 12. So he's got, he started supporting him when he's nine. So now he's like, oh, now it's on. Now it's on. <laughs> and when they scored the winner, I, I, I didn't expect him to react like that. And I'm like, oh my God. My oldest is sitting there fuming. And he's like, whoa, whoa, in his face. I was like, oh, it's brilliant. So when we get to the car and that, and he's like, he literally took off all his layers of clothing. He just got his shirt on in the car with his woolly hat, his wool's woolly hat that he, he made his brother buy for him. On the way into the stadium, oh, it was brilliant. The way home was, oh, it was unreal, unreal. Fantastic. Yeah. Unbelievable. You liked playing this team, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, the way they're playing. Free at the back as well. Oh, that was made for me. That people weren't doing that when I was playing. But yeah, I would love to play free at the back. Yeah. To be fair, just watching them now is, it's nice. It is nice to be fair to play to play the right way. Right, Loomis is run down. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, right. Best player that you played with at Wolves. Ooh. Some good ones in there. No sitting on the fence either. Just yeah, nah, just yeah. throw a name, just throw it out there. Best player I play with Wolves. Kenny Miller. Oh, didn't expect that. Nah, he he, he did his thing, to be fair. He did his thing consistently. Yeah. Yeah, he, he scored a lot of goals, didn't he? Yeah, Kenny Miller. Good player, yeah. Okay, great uh, one. The worst trainer at the club. Ooh. Worst trainer? Sean Newton. <laughs> yeah, Sean Newton. Yeah. Why was he bad? He was just laid. He was more laid back than me. I remember when he um he he told us a story of uh this is how laid back he said Alan Kirbishley was his um youth team manager. So then he went to the first team and then Newts got promoted to the first team. And because he was youth team manager, he used to call him Curbs and that. And he said in front of the lads and stuff like that, he said, Nah. So you do that, son. You do that again. You be you'd be cutting my grass at my ass and that. So he said like, that's how kind of laid back Lutz was. He was just like, nothing ever bothered him and he come and just like chilled and strolled around. So he was probably the worst trainer. Not in a, not in a like, terrible way, but yeah. I think even Ince has been thrown in, under the bus. He just walk about in his big coat all the time training. Yeah, but you knew Ince could do, do bit it if he wanted so, to. So he was just like, yeah, but Lutz was like, nah. <laughs> nah, nah <laughs> he could be trying and he could be dreadful. You know what I mean? The biggest mourner. Yeah, that's that's Incy. Hundred <laughs> percent. Paul Butler was close, but Incy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who was your best friend at Wolves? Nails, because I'm close to Nails and Matty, but because of that, we had to room together. So yeah, Nails. I'll say Nails. Uh, right, the best and worst dress sense. Ooh, best by far. Best, probably the best still. George Endar. Yes. He's, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> like the highest level. Like he was going to fashion shoots, he must have been going to so many christenings. He was dressed like immaculate every day, every day. <laughs> Shoes, coat, like he would take put in his coat to get out of the car to take it off in the in the training ground. I'm like, you've just walked like ten meters. Just leave it in the car or don't bring it. It's like nah, 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 nah. You look good, you feel good. So <laughs> I was like, cool. Yeah, the worst dressed. Inti <laughs> could be in there, you know. You're lazy man, lazy dresser. <laughs> to come and like jump out the car in tracksuit bottoms and no cream and that. I was like, Incy, come on, man. Come on, take Actually, care. Man. <laughs> yeah, Incy. Uh, who was the funniest player that you played with? Ooh. We mentioned Steve Sedgley earlier. Yeah. 
that's different kind of humor. I wasn't ready for that humor when I was that age, but that was that was different. Like some of the stuff he did. If you can't swear, I definitely can't tell them stories. Um, the funniest play made me laugh. Blakey was quite funny too. Fair Nathan yeah. Blake, yeah, he's funny. <laughs> uh, you've already said the best manager you worked for. Yeah, Glenado. Yeah. Uh, what was the best goal you scored? For Wolves? Ooh. I scored a volley at Leicester. Probably say that because it was my right foot. Didn't score many of my right foot. But I would say, yeah, Leicester, uh, Leicester away. Okay, he'll keep going and I'll try yeah, and yeah. find it. Uh, what was the best game that you were involved in for Wolves? Involved in would be the playoff. Playoff final. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But probably played that I played there was a good um, a, was it 3-2 or 2-1 West Brom here we um, we beat West Brom here and they had Jason Roberts and um, Lee Hughes up front that was a good game for me kind of thing yeah so one of them uh, what would you say is your proudest moment at Wolves yeah getting promoted was like was huge was huge yeah. for the club and it's just different because the year before we'd been obviously towards the top and we fell into the playoffs and obviously West Brom had gone up um, yeah. and we played uh, Norwich and it was the feeling was down and we was hoped we was going to get to the final and it was this, that and the other and then um, the following year we hadn't really been in the playoffs and we snuck in and then um, like literally got into the playoffs and we were booking hotels for for Millennium before we'd even played QP, um, Reading, like we just knew, it just felt so different. Oh, yeah. So kind of to be part of that was was yeah was pretty good. And for the record, you can tell those kind of stories on this after, but so this is a we talk about funny things. Yeah. What banter is this is what I try and say to Mikey that there's there's cert certain banter in, in the dressing room that no nah, no nah, just nah. people would just think what is going on. Yeah, I, had, I remember I I went to the club, I went to the club and I've just signed there and uh, you're sitting in the dressing room you're, you're getting changed and then one of the players just comes out from the toilet area with mm -hmm. the toilet roll <whistles> come on in <whistles> like, come on in boy and he's actually got his his number two on the end of the toilet yeah, roll yeah. he's a lead and that's that's just one of them another one of another clubs I was at and the, and the physio room was a standard fine of 375 I don't know if I've told you this one 375 pounds no matter what you do you do something wrong in the physio room that's what it was so I remember just sitting there getting my, my knee mobilised the door just opens someone just starts urinating mm. and no, that's what I'm saying urinating in the yeah that's, in, that's a different kind of banter that. in the room but then all of a sudden as soon as it finishes the hand comes in 375 just thrown in the floor and closes. Doesn't even come in. He just wants to pay the fine. And you just, just know. You just know. I know. You know I, know yeah. I know who it is. Yeah. You know, everyone knew who it was. Yeah. Some of the oh, some of the stuff. Yeah, that's that. the toiletry bags, toilet paper with the number two. Yeah. So, oh, you're thinking, come on. That's what. That was when I knew it was different. When said he said to me one time, oh, just in a massive number two, come and have a look. I'm like, what? <laughs> no. He said, come and have a look, or bring it to you. And then, I can't remember who was sitting in there. I think it was Neil Emblem said, go and have a look. <laughs> go and have a look. I said, cool. I just have to go in there and look at this man's number two. I was like, what, what am I doing, man? This is different. This is a different world to me. Different oh, world. bring it to you. Yeah. She's obviously done that before. Yeah. I love Neil Emblem's role in that. Like, if yeah, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to do it. Yeah, go and look at that. <laughs> go and look at that. 
<laughs> was that not was Butts not say that when he came in he was dra- like going round the, the track? No, that was um, Havard Flow, I think. Just naked. I have to clean his boots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. I, I remember Steve Carico was leaving. Remember they strapped him to a bench, man, like naked, put him in the middle of the pitch with the sprinklers on. I'm just like, why? Why would you do that to a man? But said no. But the reason we got onto kind of poo chat before was but said that the first day he came in Steve Sedgley and one other player was in a bath together probably Scott Taylor and a and a floater, floater. yeah man they, they, they move differently to be fair I'm not going to lie he was um, I remember we used to, a one away game they used to, well not one away game most away trips they used to go to the toilet obviously we roomed together so they would room together they used to do multiple number twos and then call reception and say the toilet's blocked and have someone come in have to fix that. I'm like, why? That's just twisted, isn't it? Yeah, sick. When I was uh, uh, at Watford and Zola was the, the manager and he was telling a story about Paul Gascoigne and yeah. uh, Lazio. So he just signed and obviously all the players were excited. This this talent was... And he's came in with like a shopping bag on the, the, the first day of training. And just puts it in the middle of the dressing room and then goes and gets himself dressed. So all these players have kind of, what's going on? So he'd been in a hotel for three days, for, but he never went to the, the toilet. toilet yeah. Went to the toilet in the bag. And he's left, this is this is how he introduced himself to this yeah. Lazio squad. But they, they said they loved him. Yeah. They said, what a, you know, just a guy, it's just a certain banter that... You, you, you can take from a certain level of person, though. Like, if some of the other players were trying to do what Sedge was doing, it wouldn't have been funny. Yeah. But because he was doing it, and he was harmless with it, and he was he was a cool guy, to be fair, Sedge. Um, but, yeah, nah, he was, he was weird. It was weird. Well, we were talking earlier about, like, people in dressing rooms, because I was asking you about Mario Balotelli. Yeah. And, like, by the time you were with Balotelli, you were saying, like, he's not that much older than your kids. Yeah. So, so it would be different. Yeah, he was, just, he was at a different stage of our careers life so and plus some of the stuff he was doing I'd, I'd never kind of held it against him but people forget he was like 20 he 20 coming to Man City earning whatever he was earning like different culture and stuff so you expect him to kind of while out and that I think he crashed his car like he hadn't drove because he hadn't had his car and his car got delivered and I think he crashed it on the way home from where he collected it from like where we've been delivered to and he just forgot that you drive on the wrong side of the road and things like that you just don't assume Yeah, you think he would know but obviously he's 20 year old he didn't realise oh they're driving on the wrong side of the road here so we turned the opposite way into a car <laughs> just because he obviously didn't re- remember that we drive on the left <laughs> um, just to finish off we haven't really mentioned what you're doing now really you working looking after loan players and also doing plenty in the media as well yeah yeah um lucky enough to be fair to kind of have built up a, a reputation not just on the field off the field to kind of been given what media opportunity and also the role at Man City's um, Fergal Hawking is the kind of the guy that leads the department um, similar to what Shea Alephanjana does here but he's obviously the scale is obviously a bit bigger in terms of Man City we've got like 32 players and Fergal I've known he was my Nike rep um when I was my boot sponsor. So I kind of always been in contact with him during my time there. And he joined Man City the same year I joined, the same summer. So kind of lead, head up this role, head of like recruiting and, and stuff like that. So 
again, I've just known him for so long and he's known my kind of morals haven't changed right. and yeah. he just kind of gave me the opportunity to, to do that. And there's a team of nine of us that monitor and help and develop and um, the lads that go on loan, really. Would you ever go and be a coach? At the minute, no. It's cold enough in here. So outside, <laughs> it's freezing in here. So outside, I I, I was over, saying to them, I was over in um, Vienna with one of the players last week and it was Baltic. And I, I honestly said to their coach, I said, this is the reason why I can't coach. This 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 level of cold, my body ain't built for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Old Gold Club, powered by Blythe Group. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts. Wolverhampton Wanderers is a club with a bright future, but also a shining past. See the history of the club we love from humble beginnings to the present day in the Wolves Museum. Featuring unique artefacts from our illustrious past and interactive exhibits for kids big and small. The Wolves Museum, open Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays from 10am. Book online at wolves.co.uk or visit the ticket office. Wolves TV, the home of live uninterrupted radio commentary of every single Wolves game. Jimenez! Oh, you beauty! But that's not all. Wolves TV also brings you extended and alternative match highlights, interviews with the team, behind-the-scenes features and training coverage, plus see every goal Wolves score from every angle. Jota on the volley, arm a goal! That is simply stunning! So check out Wolves TV online at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.